Okay, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we talk to people who are out there really pushing the envelope in their fields, people with some innovative ideas, uh, focus, drive, and are really making a difference. And today's guest is a perfect example of that. Joe Decina is the uh, CEO and founder of Spartan and the Death Race. He's the author um, of the New York Times bestsellers, Spartan Up, Spartan Fit, Spartan Way. Um, he has a podcast, Spartan Up, and if you haven't listened to that, you need to make sure you do that. He has some really cool guests that are on there and some really good content as well. Um, and uh, he has been featured or interviewed himself, everybody from Richard Branson, uh, Grant Cardone, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee. So he has really kind of touched into that kind of uh, higher echelon group. Really happy to have him here. So, um, So I guess welcome to the show, first of all, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm super pumped. When when you go through all the things that you've you've done, Joe, that that's the one thing that um, you've you've got such a long list, and that's not even just the uh, that's not all of it. And and I guess some of those people who might be listening might be thinking, okay, is is this really relatable to me? In I'm just building a company, um, just starting a job. Um, you know, kind of talk to us a bit about your journey to where you are and, and how you might answer those to people that might think that, that, you know, you're not relatable that way. Well, so here's what I think. I think um, in general, human beings, all of us, including me, uh, our number one motivation, uh, is, is, according to my buddy Nir Ayel, who's uh, done a ton of research on this, our number one motivation is to avoid discomfort. More than anything, that's we are, what we are all seeking as uh, human beings. So I don't want you to look at me or the Spartans and say, oh, I could never do that. We're all the same. We're wired the same. However, we, um, we learn helplessness with each passing day and each passing generation, right? We, if you remember, we used to actually have to go find a payphone and find a quarter to make a <laughs> yeah. phone call, we, yep. right? We used to have to uh, open up a map to figure out how to get around in our bicycles or our cars. Um, you would drive down the street and you saw a kid. There used to be advertisements at 10 p.m. at night that said, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Because <laughs> kids were outside all the time. Now, now the advertisement should say it's 10 p.m. Have your kids been outside yet today? Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. So we lose, we lose um, our tool set um, that allowed us to navigate the world and, and face some obstacles and, and gave us resiliency. And so uh, all I'm doing, all you see me doing, and all you hear me uh, stating is that um, I push myself outside my comfort zone because I don't want to lose, you know, they say lose, use it or lose it, right? I don't want to lose those skills. So I'll, I'll, this morning at 5.30 a.m. with the kids, we were on a long run. We were swimming in the ocean already. We were carrying heavy weights. Um, but I don't want to do that stuff. I, I'm just like all of you, except um, I recognize that uh, you use it or you lose it. And so um, I've, I learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I don't know if that answered the question or not, but, but that's the way I think about it. It, it absolutely does, and I find it interesting that um, you know you talk about your family and how you're you're starting to kind of instill those values with your kids, and um, and and I think that is one thing I, I um, that that a lot of parents out there are trying to figure out that um, it, it seems like, and and I think you've touched on a few things that have almost created that over time that 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 kind of resiliency muscle just isn't um, 
uh, isn't um, exercised nearly enough. And and maybe can you give a few tips of, you know, what are some of those things you do to make sure that um, you could translate that to yourself? But also, I think it's interesting to see how do you do that with your with your kids? You, you talked about kind of having them out doing things early, but are are there kind of things that you do methodically as as a group? Every day, you mean? Like, what, what yeah. do we do to keep moving? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, look, I, I just make it a non-negotiable. So so every day I have to exercise. Now, maybe some people listening are saying that's extreme. Really? Are you kidding me? That's extreme? Is it extreme uh, to get open heart surgery? Is that extreme? Uh, diabetes? Um, assuming it's late onset diabetes, yeah. is that extreme? Right? Obesity? Extreme? Right. Eating. Uh, I had a guy 696 pounds come to my farm so I could help him lose weight. Was that extreme? So every single day you exercise, non-negotiable. Yeah. It's hard. It sucks. But yeah. I'm not getting shot at. I'm not on Normandy Beach. Right. Watching people die to my right. And left. like, it's not that big a deal. So you wake up, you, you don't push the snooze button. It's non-negotiable. It's got to be done every day because because human beings need to exercise. We need to move. Here's, here's the way I think about it. Maybe this will help. Yeah. I used to clean swimming pools. A swimming pool is typically 20,000 gallons of water. It has a pump and it has a filter. Okay. The human body is somewhere between eight and 13 gallons of water, depending on how big you are. And it has a pump and it has a filter. So it is very much like a swimming pool. Now, I cleaned 700 swimming pools a week. I had a very big business when I was young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was a big sample set. If I took French fries and donuts and coffee and burgers and all the shit we eat and I threw it into the pool, okay? Yeah. On a daily, weekly basis. And then I shut the pump off. The pool would turn green very quickly. Yeah. And so all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is we are asking this little swimming pool, this 13 gallon swimming pool, our, our, our bodies to process all this crap food and drinks that we put in it. And we're not even turning the pump on. So, so my message to the world is like, stop eating the garbage. But if you can't stop eating, at least keep your, at least keep your pump and filter going. Yeah. Because you don't want to turn green. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, I turn the pump on. That's right. <laughs> turn, the, wow. turn the pump on. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, that's a great analogy. I, I, I mean, I, I was telling you before we got on here that um, that you know I've done a couple of Spartan races. I'm one of those kind of more the the weekend guy that does the the sprint and and I've done it with my daughter though and and it's been this fantastic experience in a couple of different ways um but um you know how does how do you think that, like that translates into you know what you're doing to to be able to prepare for one of the one of your races or anything like that um priming that pump and getting the pump going how does that translate into you know your business life because i know you know you were talking about you 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 have to work a lot to do what you're doing so um for those other people out there we we can kind of see some of the health benefits you've talked about but what, what are some of the things that translate into your into your business life because you you're dedicated to well, listen, if you are an entrepreneur or you are a high-performing executive, you are basically an F1 race car driver. You're basically a downhill Olympic skier in your profession, okay? And so if you look at yourself that way because you want to perform at a high level, 
why the hell aren't you eating the way an Olympian or an F1 driver would? Why aren't you training the way they would? Because, because that's what they do to be great at their craft. And so how could we expect to perform at a high level if we're not taking care of the body and the mind that we're calling on to perform? It doesn't make sense. It always drove me crazy when I would look at executives, people that did really well, and they're overweight, and they're drinking wine, and they're having dessert. It doesn't, like, I don't get it. Yeah. You're actually sabotaging yourself. Wow. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I know you've got a couple of really big overarching goals, and, and how are you able to achieve those, I guess, if, if you're not able to, to work at your highest performance? How, repeat that. How am I? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, it's more just a rhetorical question. If you're if you're not oh, sorry, at no, your no. high performance level, um, you know, uh, the overarching goals I know you have are are huge, and I, I think uh, you've got something about how many people you want to see active and that you want to see kind of obstacle racing and as an Olympic sport. Those are huge goals. Any kind of large organization CEO has, I would assume, big goals like that. But how are you really kind of putting all being all in if you don't have that? high performance level that 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 fitness piece brings to it as well yeah i want to i want to i want to build a big business i want to move up in my company i want to someday run a fortune 500 bit like go down the list of goals however that's what i want to do however i'm going to eat shitty food i'm not going to work out i'm going to like i don't to your point like it doesn't coincide so yeah so uh if it's not enough motivation to say that you're going to live longer, you're going to be happier, you're going to have more sex, you're going to sleep better, you're going to, like, everything in your life, if that's not enough, well, you're going to more likely achieve your goal. Yeah. Whatever those goals are, right? Like, everything in your life is better. Yep. Uh, now, uh, kind of an offshoot from that, Joe, that that I'd like to talk about a little bit too is is so whether it's your races or other things as well, you kind of have this um, uh, you you build this manufactured adversity around things to to kind of from what I see anyway, building that resiliency muscle. I, I mean, I said that when when I've done a Spartan race, I've done other ones that are are similar. But by the time you're done a Spartan race, um, I feel like you, you come across that finish line and it's, okay, I really achieved something, even doing the shorter ones. And, and it, it feels like you, you're, you've tested yourself a little more than, than maybe some of those others. Um, and, and I did see a quote from you, I, I think, a, a while back that said, um, there's some real freedom in getting to a place when all you really want is food, water, and shelter. And, um, uh, you know, maybe just talk about kind of how those uh, – how how you structure some of the races and how you've structured some of that kind of movement um, helps build that resiliency muscle. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like any other muscle. Um, and, and going back to what I said earlier about um, this idea of don't use it and you lose it. If, if, if we're expected to be able to deal with um, payroll issues or God forbid somebody gets sick or cancer or, Go down the list of of major things that could happen to us and will happen to us. If those things are going to happen, we're going to be expected to stand up and face them. Why wouldn't we practice? Just like we practice math, or we practice a language, or we practice yoga. Why wouldn't we practice adversity? Because yeah. adversity is coming whether we like it or not. Why wouldn't you want to be better at it? And so you manufacture a little. You take a cold shower. I'm not asking. I'm not asking you to dodge bullets. Yep. Take cold shower. 
Do some burpees. Work out a little harder than you would. Go for a run. Like, practice the hard stuff, the uncomfortable stuff, because it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you do go through the hard stuff, then then you'll be ready to handle it. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, another kind of quick question then. Um, one of the things about kind of your your path, I guess, to, to getting where you have, you mentioned you had a really big kind of um, uh, pool company in the past. Can you just talk us through a little bit about your kind of um, your business progress and, and how um, Spartan got to where it was? I think a lot of people probably think now they, they see the Spartan brand around the world. They see it uh, on TV now. They see all those things. And um, I, I think it's important for people to know it wasn't, it's not, wasn't an overnight success for you. Um, I mean, a lot of hard work was put in there. Can you just track us through that a little bit? How it came about? How Spartan yeah, came about? Yeah, yeah. Kind of how you, how you started. And uh, I know you've, uh, uh, you built a couple of businesses I, I, my, in the past. And... Yeah, my, my mom was into yoga meditation in the 70s before it was cool and hip. And I pushed back. I was resistant to it. And then um, I was on Wall Street, and I was I was successful in the sense I was financially successful, and I just wasn't feeling good. I I, I was chasing money. I was eating unhealthy. I, it was a constant um, battle with was trying to reconcile I'm achieving all these things, but I'm not feeling the way I'm supposed to feel. So I, I looked back at the stuff my mother was pushing on me uh, decades earlier and I started doing some yoga and then that led to doing some races and I just started to feel alive again. I started to feel great. So then um, being an, entre an entrepreneur, I just, I, I started with one race. I put on a race. I rounded a bunch of people up that were my clients. And I found that my relationships got better with my clients and my clients were happier. And then we started doing other stuff together. And so before you know it, I, you know, I had a little race business. It was losing money. I couldn't get the numbers of people to come out no matter how hard I tried. And then in 2010, after a decade of fits and starts and trying to make it work, I decided I'd give it one last chance under the name Spartan with a different format, more military-styled obstacle racing, and it exploded, and it took off. And um, and so it's really been a 20-year overnight success. <laughs> and <laughs> I lost money for 15 of those 20 years, and it's still a battle every day, yeah. but, um, but, but we get stronger. Why do you think, um, because I know there's been some changes in that, uh, that space lately, um, I think about kind of Warrior Dash and a couple of things, why, why do you think Spartan has, has been able to kind of thrive at that time period? I think because we were authentic and, um, and really focused on, um, on making people better. We weren't, it wasn't a business for us. Um, when we do our board meetings, it's like how many lives did we change? That's our first focus. So, so, and I think, I think the consumers feel that and, and I think the name Spartan doesn't hurt. Yeah. And I think we, um, I think because of that authenticity and the fact that we time people, we rank them, we officiate, uh, people want to be better. They want to, they want to test themselves. And, um, and so it's a confluence of all those, those things that came together and, and, uh, we're still standing here. We're still battling. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, is do you see that there's um, 
did did you guys benefit i guess from there there seems to be a real kind of focus on functional fitness now i mean with the crossfit stuff and um and lots of kind of things outside of the races that probably flow into um into success for you do, do you see much impact there has that changed and and been a benefit for you crossfit definitely is a great help with 18,000 yeah. gyms around the world um yeah the war, the war is, um, we've been going 20 years in, in, in at war. And so yeah. all those veterans uh, coming back and wanting that, that, that community that they felt overseas, that camaraderie. So that's, yep. that's helped. Um, the explosion of MMA, um, that's helped. Um, and I think, I think just the fact that people are getting unhealthier and sicker, um, yeah. has helped because, uh, because they're looking for an alternative. I know Joe has uh, um, has something that uh, people have asked about a lot of the time, and it's uh, it's a kettlebell that that uh, from my understanding you you carry around a lot, Joe. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, you know the guy I described earlier that was 696 pounds. I wanted to help him get healthy, and so as he lost weight, I started carrying more and more weight. And when I got to 100 pounds, I realized I couldn't I couldn't carry any more weight around. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and he eventually, he eventually got down to 262, which is amazing. Holy. And, uh, from 696 and, uh, to keep the tradition going, I converted my hundred pound sandbag into a 45 pound kettlebell. And, uh, about four years ago, I just decided I was going to carry it everywhere. So it became my thing. And, uh, I don't know. It helps me get stronger, and and uh, it's like a free workout. You go in and out of the airports, and it's a bit of a nightmare to deal with. And you got to carry it on your shoulder. Carry it. It's, you carry um, it traveling. It, wow. <laughs> I, I carry it traveling, and it's a bit of a nightmare. But but um, but you know, when you put it down, you you appreciate what you have rather than being yeah. focused on what you don't have. Well, it was interesting. I think uh, I heard you. Um talking with Grant Cardone a little while ago and and that's that's the part he was kind of fixated on because you uh you walked in with your kettlebell it was a little bit uh you know he he's an interesting guy by the sounds of it so uh it was it was you kind of caught him with something as well which is pretty cool yeah we had some fun we had some fun <laughs> Um, all right so the, a couple of things um I, I know we've talked a lot about um how um you know that kind of Spartan lifestyle can help you as a leader um I know that you've uh, you've got a number of things happening at the same time, and and it sounds like uh, the the conference that you put together as well, Joe, is is a little bit different because it's not just your kind of standard piece. It's even built in a in a, a Spartan kind of way, I, I guess, where um, you're you're working through both physical and kind of mental obstacles. Can can you talk a bit about that and and how you've kind of structured things a little differently than uh, so it fits that. Yeah, the leadership conference side is basically um, it's basically a Spartan race for leaders, for teams, for potential leaders that want to um, talk to really inspirational uh, folks um, that have a slant on resiliency and grit and persistence. Uh, they've got a story to tell. They've got their own experiences in leading, and we it's all within the backdrop of a Spartan event, typically at a stadium. And so five or six speakers will come in, uh, Olympians, military, ex-military, uh, business folks. Um, but again, they're all focused on uh, grit and resiliency in those stories that help bring teams together, that help leaders be, become inspirational. And um, it's been wildly successful. So uh, it's great having, having folks out um, at, at these events and, and being able to connect one-on-one -on -one 
with people. You know, when you're out on the course, uh, yeah, you're grabbing somebody's hand and helping them over an obstacle, but but it's not in that kind of setting for a few hours where you get you get to talk and learn and share stories. Yeah, it's a it's a really different concept, but at the same time, you can see. Uh, I think even just going in those races, there is that collegiality and connection, and and I would assume that uh, that happens within the leadership teams as well as much as possible. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, one other thing as well, I, I know a couple of your um, couple of your big goals over the next little time. We we talked about how many people you want to kind of be able to to um, uh, push towards that healthy lifestyle. One of the other things is is being able to try to have obstacle racing and uh, as an Olympic sport. And and um, why don't you talk a little bit about kind of uh, about that and and um, how you're hoping to accomplish that? I mean that's a that's a it's a big move, but it seems like you're you're getting closer and closer to that. Yeah, that's the goal. Uh, you got you've got to have um, uh, governing bodies in 40 plus countries. I think we've got it up to 80 countries now, and um, you you got to have a sponsor, you know, that's going to help you get it in. And 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 we think we do. Um, so so we'll see. We're shooting for 2028. Let's see what happens. 2028. All right. Well, we'll. We'll wait to see how that goes. And and the the other big piece that I, I kind of was hoping that you might be able to talk about, I, I know that um, uh, you had a, an interesting visit with um, Richard Branson uh, um, on his island. And, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of people on this podcast uh, have looked at um, uh, Richard Branson and some of the stuff he does. And, and maybe you can just um, talk a little bit about kind of the experience you have with him. I mean, he's one of those guys that is is not only really high profile, but but also advocates for that kind of healthy lifestyle um, and and being able to have some balance in in what they do from a, a leadership standpoint. Could you tell us a little bit about that that visit and, and what it was like with him? Branson's great. Branson's great. Super inspirational to be around. His island's incredible. Super nice guy. Um, uh, humble. Um, and, you know, he approaches, he, he quickly looks for what would he want in a business, what what need is not being filled uh, for him, and that's where he sees uh, business opportunities. He's very fit. He trains every day. Um, he's definitely got the life living down uh, on Necker Island uh, most most of his year. Um, and you know, they say we're an average or our five best friends. So really yep. fun and inspiring to be around uh, him and and all the folks that um, that he has around you know that I, he has around them. So. Um, he motivated me for sure in a big way and uh, made me feel like I've arrived by, by being able yeah. to go see him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you mentioned the, the top five friends or people that you're around. Um, what What's your philosophy on, uh, there are lots of people that kind of advocate that, you know, you, as you're doing some of these things, you're going to have um, some friends or some, some people in your, in your group that, that, doesn't fit with or that they they maybe have a, a negative view of some of those things uh, are you an advocate of of um, you know making sure that the the people around you are fitting into um, your I guess mentality around that uh, you know what what would you say around that you know I want to be around people that lift me up that don't drag me down I want to be around high energy I want to I want energy givers not energy takers if that makes sense um, yeah yep. life is life is too short so yeah uh, I mean, yeah, that's it's it, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, if you're if you're burping and farting and and watching uh, football on Friday nights uh, in a bar uh, at eleven o'clock uh, with a bunch of people, that's probably what you'll be doing twenty years from now. So um, 
you know, if you want to make if you want to make changes, you got to be around high performing people. They're going to pull you up. All right. Well, I mean, I will tell you, this has been fantastic, Joe. I've I hoped to talk to you for a long time. So this is, has been really great for me because uh, I, I really uh, think what you've done has been really amazing. Um, and I, th I think the, the stuff you've talked about today with um, kind of building resiliency is, is really applicable to you know, basically everybody. And, and uh, you're a great example of, of hard work and how that translates into to progress. So, Joe, if, if you could tell kind of listeners two things, just kind of right you know, that after they listen to this, two things they can do to, to kind of make their life better or become more resilient. Um, what would be two really quick things that, uh, that you'd suggest they do right away? I would give up um, anything besides uh, water. Um, yep. Try to drink 99% uh, water and, and nothing else. Uh, give up the coffees, give up uh, the sugars, give up uh, everything you can. I drink some kombucha here and there, but but as close as you can get to a, a diet, a drinking diet full of water, uh, the better off you'll be. And uh, move every single day. But really move. I mean, move to the point where you're out of breath and sweating. Um, whether it's burpees, whether it's a run, uh, whatever. I'm going to add a third thing. Take a cold shower every day. Wake, yeah. wake yourself up. We're, we're sleepwalking through life. Uh, it sucks. you got to take a few breaths before you get in the cold shower, but do it every day. All right. Well, th I mean, I, again, thanks for everything, Joe. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and uh, you will hear some more great guests like Joe. And if you haven't already done it, check out Joe's podcast, Spartan Up. Um, again, fantastic guests, great stuff like he's he's given today. And um, and like us all on social media, we'll, we'll make sure that information's out there. And we'll see you next time on Big Idea, Big Moves. Thanks so much. See ya.